0: Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show.
1: This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network.
2: Going to work, crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Charlie. That was a one-on-two. Now Jost.
1: The best avalanche coverage in Denver.
0: ESN avalanche podcast presented by I'm out of breath man I can't breathe out of my nose total beverage
3: yeah it seems like everybody's getting sick and like allergies man given my awful immune system it makes me want to stay away from everybody more than I normally do (laughs) like more than more than my introverted self normally is like wants to stay away from people yeah now it's like okay this is like security lockdown mode like don't go near anybody
0: uh is it jerry in parks and rec when he gets the flu they put him in the hazmat (laughs) thing at his desk um
3: i mean they should have just done that anyway yeah
0: yeah i think she's she's like she's spraying him with hand sanitizer from across the room um that's how aj feels well aj we are down here uh i'm uh, first of all for those of you that don't know i'm your host Jesse Montano. I'm joined by AJ Haefley. We're down here at the BSN offices today. Chilling. Uh, chilling. Yeah. I, I
3: say chilling, but I've been working the entire time I've been here.
0: Uh, it's kind of chilling in here, so that'll count. Oh, well played. It, uh, is, it is a little. I I was I was really hot coming in here, so it's actually felt kind of nice cooling back down, but now Ali... Uh, Ali Monroy, our our lovely video content creator person. Is that business card says uh, she was complaining that it was cold, so she manager just left. producer manager producer creator director person, all of them person video yeah. person yeah that's the that's the best it's way it's a to good speak. way to describe it video, video all person all of uh, those just
3: all of those things all
0: of it she thought it was too cold so she left she went home uh, but we're chilling. Word. Is the point, AJ? Uh, Word, man. We are only a few days into the off season, and it's already like, ugh, ugh. Just be done already. I don't feel that way. <sighs> really?
3: Yeah, I have so much to do that I'm just like, well.
0: Yeah, I know, but don't you just want it to like all be done? And now, and like next um, season is started. Instead of all this speculating, we are about to do. Actually, today won't be much speculating.
3: No, I don't really. I I like that season. I also like the off season. I'm one of the few like hockey people that doesn't mind when hockey's not around.
0: See, I, I guess maybe it's because I've got a bad taste in my mouth from just the last few years with Duchesne and what's this person doing? What's that person doing? And have they made the trade? Have they? I just well, and we give thought, me answers, man. We
3: thought we were gonna have that with Barry, and we got one of those answers today. Well, so let's,
0: well, let's not jump too far ahead, but yes. Wonderful teaser
3: there by AJ. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, we're off and running. Like, today was a good run. step towards let's, you know, okay. let's get to it.
0: So what AJ is referring to, of course, when he keeps referencing today, Joe Sackick did hold his end-of-the-year press conference mm-hmm. um discussing the year that was, the offseason that's about to be, the draft, free agency, um, restricted free agents, Colorado's own UFAs. He talked about all of it. Uh, next segment, you'll hear from the man himself, uh, and then AJ and I will kind of break down some of the more specific comments. But, AJ, let's just kind of talk in generalities here. Um, the Avs don't do locker clean-out day like a lot of the other teams <laughs> do yeah. in the NHL, uh, where you kind of get that one last media availability with players, coaches, things
3: like that. The GM, the total reflection of everything. Right. It's, it's very frustrating
0: it, it it is but they do um they do give Joe Sakic his in this year's case 13 minutes to uh to get up and answer <laughs> those questions kind of on behalf of players and coaches yeah. and obviously he is the GM so well
3: Jay- I do I will say man it was funny apparently they've had a lot of requests they told us before game 6 against San Jose where the season could have ended that night mm-hmm. uh, they said hey we will not be doing uh, a sack presser tomorrow if they lose tonight or whatever we'll do one closer towards the draft and apparently they've had so many requests to talk to him that they were just like let's just do it yeah and so they did it today we got about 11 minutes into the questions and you'll hear on the on the audio recording you heard Martin martineau are you serious <laughs> are, that's it there, there better be more than that <laughs> and then there were a few questions after that right um uh, including one from me so it was but it was it was funny like there's all this demand for it right and then we get ten minutes into it and it was like
0: John Martin was like really well and, and John's usually scooting <laughs> right. everyone out the door <laughs> right you know he's usually the one with the door propped I get family <laughs> gatherings <laughs> you've got your shoes on you're by the door you're not right. saying we're done right but Everything about my body language right. is I'm ready to be out of this room. That's how Jean Martineau looks.
3: All the, all the nonverbal communication is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's go.
0: It is normally, yeah. yeah. Um, for an organization that doesn't do the locker room clean yeah. out and all that stuff, how important is a day like today to get some answers from? from-
3: it's nice, um, you know, and, and it, it might be nicer if uh, the GM wasn't a guy whose nickname was Quoteless Joe during his career. Um and and that's not to say we didn't find anything out today it's just that you know Joe has definitely kept that reputation up um, Well I mean if, if where you know... he he's very broad uh he doesn't get into anything specific he was asked specifically about players contracts draft approach lots of different things today and uh, successfully skirted just about all of them. Uh danced around most of them and we still got some nuggets. We still got a little a few things that were valuable. Um and you can always read between the lines, especially if you you, right. you know if you listen to the guy talk for a number of years now. You start to learn to to understand
0: what certain things mean. What's
3: being said without being said.
0: Well and that's that's always a funny part to me and, and not even just in the hockey community, but just in sports in general, you always hear people saying, Oh, I wish the media would ask, you know, I I wish they'd ask him about this, or why is anyone asking about this? And in a lot of instances, you can ask, you can ask again, you can ask a third time, and they're just not going to give you much, and that's kind of um, what we've we've come to expect from Joe, both in his playing career and now as a general manager, where it's like, you can ask.
3: Right. But you can ask, and... You know there are lots of things uh, we didn't talk to him at all about the AHL team. We didn't talk to him about development. We didn't talk to him about any of that stuff. Um, I tend to avoid that just because the people who want to hear that stuff, there's no amount of asking or mm-hmm. explanation that will satisfy them, and uh, I don't feel like we're gonna. I don't feel like there would be a productive conversation out of it. I don't, mm. and you know you can say well your job is just to ask and that's I guess that's a fair point but for me I'm I'm focused on trying to get productive answers and you know try and get something out of these things Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like today we did a decent job of that as a group Um, lots of different things we talked you know we talked about all the big points I think Mm. Um, and there were you know there were hints at you know the Rantanen thing may not happen very quickly, you know, which is something that I hinted at uh, in my piece yesterday on the podcast yesterday. Hey, this could take time. Right. Um, there's a lot of restricted free agents that are up this year, which he alluded to as well. Um, there's They're going to let the process play out. They're not going to be the team to set the market. They're going to follow it, uh, which is very much their MO. They've never been a team to reset a market on a player. Mm-hmm. They've always been one that says, hey, we'll use the comparables and we'll go from there. And that sounds like that's going to be their approach on Miko. Uh, it does not sound like they're going to get that done right away. It doesn't sound like they're going to get it done ultra quickly. Um, and I, I said on yesterday's show, don't be surprised if we're sitting on September 10th and that dude is unsigned.
0: Right. Let me ask you this, man. I mean, this is an organization that even from a national standpoint is looked at it as being relatively tight lipped.
3: They're the Iron Curtain.
0: After today, how much do you feel like if this was a different organization, how much more do you think you could have gotten out of today Uh, and you being the general you and and on top of that, how much do you think the media in this town kind of knowing that they're not going to give much up Mm -hmm. is why you get to 10 minutes and everyone's kind of looking around like,
3: yeah, man. Well, I think I think there is something to that. Um, you know, you know, Mike. Obviously, Mike Chambers has been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. He knows, right? You know, you ask a couple of questions. You have a couple of things in mind, especially if you are working on a specific story. You ask questions geared towards that, right? Um, and then kind of go from there, right? But you know, you know that. Oh, hey, can you? We tried last year. Hey, can you give us a list of the guys who got hurt, what their injuries were? Didn't want to do it last year. Didn't want to do it this year. Just not interested. They're just not going to give you that kind of information.
0: I wonder why that is, man. Because I mean, well, I mean, this is
3: a, this is an organization that halfway through the season, its head coach decided to just stop giving away the starting goaltender.
0: I know, but but I mean, it, it's the Abs have always <laughs> been that way. They've always been that way.
3: Well, and why and this year they, you know, since Bednar took over, I think it's actually taken a turn. In Pat, in well, WA, my one year, they were very upfront and uh, forthcoming about injuries. And maybe not specific injuries, but timelines on injuries. Mm-hmm. And under Bednar, everything has become day-to-day, week-to-week. I have to check with the trainer. We'll see. We really have no idea. Is Guys it- just come and go out of, those, out of the non-contact jerseys, and we don't really know. We just sort of wait for it to happen and then build our, our narratives from there. So I think the information has actually gotten tighter in some areas and maybe a little bit looser in others. Bedner's more willing, Bedner and Sackick are a little more willing to talk about uh, process, um, goals of the of the organization, kind of their identity, you know, who they wanna be, what they wanna be. They're not they're not trying to be they're not trying to play it coy, they're not trying to be cute about any of that information. They're pretty upfront about that stuff. But when you try to drill down into specific things, I mean, for me, I I kind of rolled my eyes at the at the They didn't want to name their starting goaltender. Right, It's totally his prerogative. If he thinks that there's any sort of advantage in there, more power to him. At first, I thought that was ridiculous. Adrian kind of talked me off that ledge and was like, hey, he doesn't have to. Why should he? Mm -hmm. All right, fair point.
0: Do you think that all kind of just started? That was the way Pierre Lacroix did things and that just – has kind of stuck throughout the organization
3: yeah some for sure i think the fact that they you know and and this is known like i'm not here this is not like criticism or bashing of anybody (laughs) i don't want that to come across as any of this we're just talking um about kind of what it's like to cover the team and and to be around and its access versus the organizations that i've been exposed to in the last couple of years in the postseason Mm -hmm. um i didn't do anything with calgary but both San Jose and Nashville gave me whatever access I wanted when those teams were here in town. Right. Um, I had all the time in the world to do whatever with, with, with any of their star players, anybody that wanted to talk. It was just a different, it was just a diff- different atmosphere. And I think that um, you know PR kind of sets that tone that hey, we're gonna kind of control the message and we're gonna be, you know, you're we're gonna talk about this and talk about and that's that's totally fine. Like they're that's what they do. That's their job. Um, but I do think that that sort of just sets the tone top to bottom about what they're willing to get into. And um, You asked a question earlier I didn't really answer was uh, if it was a different organization, mm-hmm. um, how much more would we have gotten out of a day like today? I think it's just dependent on the people involved. Right. I mean, you look at like what Winnipeg had, right? Blake Wheeler told uh one of the reporters (laughs) to f off right you know like it was a very different atmosphere yeah um and a different you know just that was an honest and raw reaction we don't even get a chance at that because we don't talk to the players at all Mm -hmm. we talk to just the gm right um and i honestly i didn't i don't know what shovel day off said so i don't know like what happened there right um i don't tend to listen to other teams pressers or anything like that and yeah the only time I do that is when somebody gets upset about it's, what gets said at Colorado's and says, "Well, all the other markets they talk about these things," and I'm like, "Really?" And I go and I listen to them just out of curiosity,
0: or or I'll go listen if I heard that someone said something especially like Blake Wheeler telling right, someone, something in Syria, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're like, yeah. "Oh, I got to hear this." Yeah, I got to hear you the know, context it, of what happened. And yeah,
3: yeah. Um, but for the most part, I they're not going to tell they're not going to tell you who they're taking fourth overall. They're not going to tell you what right. their list is. They're not going to tell you who they want to sign. They're not gonna tell you, you know. Any he said, that. he said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna. Our priority is bringing back Miko Rantanen. Dude's an RFA. He's not going anywhere. Right, right, right. Like, let's be honest here. He's not going anywhere. He'll be in Colorado for the next couple of years. We don't know what those con that contract looks like. You hope he's in Colorado forever. Right. But you don't know those things. You just don't. And you have to go through the process of grinding out contracts. And when the market is what it is right now. It's so different, and it's so volatile with so much talent. You know, if the Abs go out and they give Miko Rantanen ten million dollars over eight years, right now, they great job. Like they guarantee Miko Rantanen for the next eight years mm. is on the team and under contract, and they can work around the ten million dollar contract. If all of his age group goes out and signs deals for seven and a half million dollars, right. Oops. Sure you got Miko for 8 years, but at what cost? Right. So that's where I think, you know, you're playing the game. Yeah. And the other the other factor and one that we frequently overlook here is what does the player want? Right. Cuz the player may not want to sign an 8-year deal. Maybe the player wants to do 2 years at a time. Maybe the player wants to do 2 years you know, oh give me $8 million over the next 2 years and then after that, after I've had four point or four 80 point seasons in a row, you know, with a hundred point season, then you give me eight years, you know, and 12 million a year. And right. he maxes out the, the amount of money that he makes in his contract and he just crushes it financially. Yeah. But he proves worth it by being an elite player throughout the course of that contract. You know, maybe that's his goal. If he wants to sign an eight year deal worth eight million dollars right now, I'd be willing to bet Colorado would do that. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chances are that's that kind of discount isn't the McKinnon type discount isn't going to happen again. And really the McKinnon discount only became a discount because he took the next step post-contract. Yeah. Miko's already taken that step. Now, if if Miko goes from an eighty-seven point guy, a ninety-point guy, you know, eighty-five averageish over the last two years. If he goes from that guy to a hundred and ten-point guy, right? You know, there's another leap in there, and then he would be on a discount again. And maybe that's why he's saying, "Hey, maybe let's let's hold off on a long-term deal." Mm-hmm. If I have three or four seasons in a row of eighty points, you can't say I'm not an elite player, right? you know yeah. so they could reset the market there's lots of different factors to this ranton and thing and one of them is just what the market looks like and i think Sakic alluded to that as you'll hear in the next segment and then you know we'll talk about all summer yeah so, so this let's is, this is not a contract negotiation that i think ends anytime soon
0: Let's uh, let's jump out of here. We'll get to Sakic's comments so you can hear exactly what he had to say. Age and I will come back after that and just kind of give you our thoughts on again some of the more specific things that he had to say. Uh, Tyson Berry, RFA's. Uh, we've gotten a little bit of Miko Ranson right there. We'll circle back. BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Stick with us for the break.
5: Well, the finish was great um you know unfortunately we lost game seven but uh it was a hell of a series um, two good teams uh, a lot of momentum shifts but uh you know someone had to lose that series unfortunately uh you know it, w- it was us but uh it was a great series i think our guys learned a lot in that series uh learn uh, you know how to play against a team uh, a team like that so um, a lot of a lot of positives to take from uh, from this year we had uh, a great start Um, we dipped there in the middle middle part of the year Um, and then uh, the guys uh, you know no quit which uh, I'm really proud of the guys uh, belief that they had in each other uh, to compete uh, learning how to win those games uh, down the stretch and and uh, you know I thought uh, you know even with the lead um, protecting the lead properly uh, we never sat back and uh, just uh, a lot of good things uh, from this group uh, this year.
1: Did you feel like you Expectations as a group or exceeded expectations
5: then? Well, once you once we got into the playoffs, I mean, um, and the way we played, you know, guys want to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, uh, uh, that's the expect. The end goal is to win, uh, be a champion, and win a Stanley Cup. So, uh, but uh, um, you know, just the process uh, uh, from the group. Uh, there was a lot of growth, um, especially in the playoffs. I uh, was really happy uh, with our mindset, uh, the attitude. Uh, got into the playoffs, which was great, but. Uh, uh, the whole mindset was to was to win and and focus on that and uh, um, you know that's a that's good quality to have from your group. How do
1: you, do, you, do you take the next step? How do you
5: take the next step? Well, you just got to keep building and, and and getting better. So uh, you know, as as great as uh, the end of the year was, um, we still didn't aco- accomplish uh, uh, the end goal. So uh, we got to find a way to get better, and uh, you know, it starts here in the off season. We're going to finish, uh, but he took a little break here. Um, uh, Meet with the coaching staff here, go over our players, and then uh, um, you know we we just got to go to work and get ready for the draft, free agency, and um, you, know, you know look at different options uh, uh, to get better. Safe
2: to say that this is going to be your busiest off season yet. I mean, 26 expiring contracts, but, uh, you got a lot of guys
5: to sign. Yeah, we do, but that's that's okay. I mean, a lot of teams have, have guys to sign, so uh, we'll. Probably start talking with agents next week, and um, you know, first things first, meet with the coaching staff, go over our team, and then uh, uh, build our plan for uh, what we want to try to do. So I'm not too concerned about uh, um, uh, you know signing all those guys. Uh, you'll, you'll, we'll get them done. Sure, what's, sorry, my uh, speaking of contracts and
2: the coaching staff, Jared's up after next year. Yeah. Is there talks for an extension, or is that a, or uh, we'll
5: we'll get to that. Um, uh, at, at the appropriate time,
2: Joe, so
1: you've
5: basically raised the bar two years in a row. Certainly in terms of playoffs, is it almost going back to like the quote-unquote old old days where you're going in the training camp and the goal is it's, maybe last yeah. year it was getting the playoffs. Now it's it's got to be more than that. win the cup. I think the most important thing is getting the playoffs. I think any any team, um, everybody wants to win. Um, you got to get in the in the playoffs and. You play 82 games. It's competitive. Uh, a lot of parity. Parity in this league, especially our division. So uh, you want to get better. Uh, playoffs is priority, and then when you get in, uh, it, it's what you do uh, in the playoffs. So uh, we just we witnessed it this year. A lot of a lot of things can uh, can happen, uh, good and bad. So, um, but it's, it's it's a process. To try and make your team better. Um, you know, try and have a regular season game or. Uh, in the regular season, try and get home ice advantage. I think that's uh, that's a step, and and then, you know. Uh, Realistically, you know, in your mind, is this team, whatever, depending on whatever you do in the off season, capable of winning it all next year? Well, our goal is to win the Stanley Cup, so um, that that is uh, that's that's the end game. Uh, we want to be better next year. We want to be more consistent during the regular season, and and when you get in the playoffs, uh, yeah got to be you got to be healthy uh, you got to be playing your best so uh, but uh, for us uh, the, the focus right now is to try and get better in the offseason and then have a more regular uh, consistent regular season i think uh, a big thing that our group uh, probably knows we we have to do better at is once we get in overtime um, you look at the playoff teams uh, we had 14 overtime losses and you know the exception of maybe another team i mean everybody else is around six or seven so i think focus there that that could have made life a lot easier for us down the stretch if we did, uh, did a better job in in that area uh, for the better better part of four months Joe, Joe in regards to,
1: to jared what's impressed you the most about the steps that he's made especially considering that first year
5: that he had yet? well he's just he, he's a calm coach um he's a player's coach but the players know uh, his expectations. And uh, you know they, there's a good respect and good relationship uh, uh, the way he handles the players and, and uh, the way the players uh, uh, respond to him.
1: Joe, as far as the draft is concerned, I mean, now that you're picking at four, A, is four still a priority, and B, do you see yourself with a scenario where you would trade out of four if the right deal came along? Or is that even a possibility?
5: Well, we're going to listen to all options. Uh, to be honest with you, we're comfortable with four. We know we're going to get a good player. Um, we know we're going to get a good player at 16, so we're, uh, we have uh, five picks in the first three rounds this year. So uh, we got we we got to do our best to um, uh, to, to hit those because uh, you know you don't always have that opportunity to have that many picks in in the first three rounds.
1: And at four, I mean, is four the priority for you, or is that been determined yet? Uh,
5: priority, as in.
1: Like I mean, do you want to draft a forward
5: at number four, or would you look at? We we've got it. We've got our list, so um, we can go either way. To be honest with uh, you, just see who's you know. Just, we know who's going one and two, <laughs> so uh, we'll see what Chicago takes at three. And uh, um, uh, we had our amateurs here last week uh, to finalize the list. Uh, we still got to meet one more time before the draft, uh, just to make sure. But uh, uh, we know we're going to get a good player. How
1: confident are you on
5: getting a long-term deal with Miko now? Um. It's a priority to get him done. Um, we prefer long term. If it has to be short term, it has to be short term. So uh, uh, but we want to make sure we, uh, we have him signed. So don't ask me the time frame. Um, it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of players in that same situation, a lot of great hockey players that are all coming up. so uh, we'll just see uh, um, you know how well all the players and, and agents uh, uh, handle that. Well Varley, I I'm Varley, so um, we'll see what happens uh, July one uh, with him. I mean he's gonna be UFA and uh, we'll have uh, we'll, we'll be in communication.
1: How many exit
2: through?
5: All of them. All of them? Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, Nathan McKinnon's injury.
5: He'll period. be fine and uh, he's getting better every day. He'll be he'll be fine in a couple weeks.
2: It's not gonna require surgery then?
5: No. No. No, no. just rest. Uh, well, it's a lottery, so, um, you know, you, you had, we had the best odds, so um, it is what it is. We, we ended up with four, and uh, we're pretty excited. We, you know, you're doing your list. You know you're going to get a good player, so maybe not not a player that's going to start next year, but, uh, um, you know, they're 17-, 18-year-old kids, so um, you, to get a good player, if you've got to wait a couple of years, it's it's fine. They're going to they're gonna help you down the line. So you say many times, stay the course you want to build with them basically. Just wondering what your thoughts are on free agency. It's a a pretty good class this year. Um, Already have uh, targeted players in mind if they become available that we're going to want to talk to about joining our club. Uh, You know, uh, um, we see, you know, positions of need, uh, what we're looking to do and uh, there's a few guys that we're going to want to talk to if they become available. So um, uh, we'll be more aggressive this year with that. but in mind, keeping if, if if it doesn't work out for the players that, that uh, we want to talk to, uh, we're not just going to go spend uh, on anybody. We want we want the right right players and the right fit.
1: How different for you is this off season compared to others, knowing that you've got a lottery pick, you have got five in the first three rounds, you've got free agency, you've got Miko out there. It's like this seems like it's kind of a different situation than what you're used to. So what's it been like mentally to sort of handle all that? Well,
5: we just. Just finished a season last last week, so it took some time off. We know it's going to be a busy offseason, but that's uh, uh, that's why we're here. So we're excited about we're excited about this off season. There's a lot of things we can do to improve this club and uh, um, you know may, you know make us a stronger team uh, next year. We saw saw the growth in the last couple of years here. We want to keep going like that. Uh, you see the Pepsi Center, uh, the, the playoff atmosphere, the atmosphere all year. It's, uh, I think there's a lot of excitement about this team, and we got to keep building and uh, you know, try and get it to, to the next level.
1: And for you, what would you say you've learned from your first year as a GM in terms of how to handle the offseason versus right now?
5: Well, I think every year you learn more, you know, more and more from, uh, from previous seasons. So um, right now we don't even think like that. Uh, right now it's, uh, uh, we're excited to, to be in this position on, on, on what we can do to try and help this club. I'm not surprised at all. Uh, you saw what he did. Uh, uh, the growth he made from year one to year two at UMass and, and coming in, and the way he skates, the way he handles the puck, his vision. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like at this level, because he's playing with and against better players and a little more structure, that uh, he would have more time, and uh, uh, he made the most of it. So he's uh, he's going to be an incredible player. Do you,
1: have, do you have an eye toward, I mean, I know Seattle still, these guys drafts a little ways away, but do you have an eye toward, I mean, you have.
5: It's two years away. There's a lot of things that gonna, that's probably going to change with with every team. So, um, you know, outlook. We know we're going to lose a good player. Every team's going to lose a good player. Where a team spends 650 million uh, to get a team, and, and they have the, uh, uh, you know, the, the rules for the teams. Uh, your protected list. Um, you're going to lose a good player. So that's that's part of the business.
3: Joe, with Tyson Berry's contract
5: up at the end of next season, how likely do you think it is you guys talk to him about an extension this summer? Well, all I can tell you is uh, um, he's he's an incredible player. He uh, he's a driving force down our stretch, and with what we saw with with Kim, Kale, and Gerard, I'd be very very comfortable um, starting starting a year with uh, with that group because so I think they can do a lot of special things together. So. Um, you know, but right now, where we are right now, it's all, that's all I can tell you. I mean, uh, love Tyson, love the way he, he uh, he's played. So uh, we get to that point, we'll probably have conversations. Can I
2: you any questions? No? Has Connor Timmons got any better? Yeah,
5: you know what? He's uh, he was practicing the last uh, you know, good, solid month, uh, getting a lot better. So, um, you know, it's, he's in a good situation. Come back to camp... Uh, Hundred percent. After a great summer of training, I think that was the one one thing he wasn't able to train the way he needed to train to uh, to, to get ready. And uh, I, we we saw a lot of growth in that area, uh, a lot of positive improvement. Uh, where where you know, he doesn't have restrictions now when it comes to training, and uh, he's sh- you know, listen. I'm I'm hoping uh, that he's 100 percent for training camp, and you know he's starting from scratch like everybody else. So. Uh, but, we got high hopes for him.
2: Joe, so considering
5: where this team was two years ago, is it is everything progressing in the way that you had kind of envisioned? Well, we, we, we try tried to go uh, uh, the youth movement and try and get younger and faster. We we believe we accomplished that, and uh, there's been a lot of growth within uh, you know players in our dressing room, and um, you know now we got to try and find a way to keep uh, keep making steps and keep uh, keep getting better and. Uh, uh, keep the keeping the excitement uh, going here in this uh, uh, marketplace.
4: If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try.
2: My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, Cater to all needs. A family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap. All the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue.
0: Third and final segment: BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley, Uh, here hanging out, talking Joe Sackic Presser. Uh. AJ, you were there. You were in the room. Uh, True facts. I, I completely lost my train of thought with where I wanted to go with this because I got off track the second I started this segment. Nice. So I deviated from my original plan. Then you wanna into a
3: tailspin? Like a mental
0: tailspin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. yeah. yeah. Um, I've already picked out what our intro for today is going to be, by the way. I, what, I, what I think we're going to do... Is just anytime we've got a good suggestion, or <laughs> because <laughs> someone someone replied the other day saying, "Oh, you guys should do a different intro all the time," and I liked that. So whenever there's one know. that that we like or one that we think would be fun, yeah, we're gonna do
3: it. I mean, DuckTales was fun just because it was it was so out of nowhere and it was like <laughs> everybody felt good and it was it's such like a feel good theme song that mm-hmm. it was just and it was like yeah <laughs> ducktails it would it would not have the same it would not be as fun if you did it all the time you know it would be, every time well it's like just... ducktails are you know uh, yeah, d- d- pick, a, pick a TV. Tailspin, you know, you could, you know, the X Men animated series, like it, it, I actually whatever. Did you
0: see that one on Twitter the other day?
3: No, I. Didn't.
0: That's insane that you said that, dude. That's what? insane that you said that.
3: The X Men animated series,
0: yeah, because it actually came across my Twitter the other day.
3: It's it's one of the ringers on my phone. So oh it's, really? It's an amazing theme song. Well,
0: dude, I hadn't I hadn't heard it so long, and 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 just seeing it with like all the graphics and stuff. Brought it's everything, still awesome,
3: dude. Yeah, no, I know about it, dude. Brought
0: everything totally back, and I was like, damn, maybe we should use one of those sometime soon, or we, we should use that one sometime soon. So I, I, I think actually... I think we should
3: just like let it be as nerdy as possible over the summer. We'll use like theme songs from shows. We'll get into like video original game music. scores. Like, <laughs> it'll be it would be awesome to like like my my ringtone is uh, Doctor Wiley's castle from Mega Man Two. It's one of the most popular pieces of video game music ever, um, and it's a ama- It's amazing. Like it would be a fun theme song for us, or a fun intro song. Maybe we'll use for the us X Men one, one
0: all summer, dude. <laughs> just all summer.
3: I can just I can just picture now somebody getting a hold of that and then sending it to like Marvel <laughs> to and being Disney, like, yeah. yeah, and being <laughs> like, these guys have got to be put put to put to bed. And they've got to stop.
0: Yeah. James Marilat's going to send our oh, intro geez. to Disney. Um, <sighs> AJ, we, we're ramping up for summer here. Um, we've got someone new in the office. I don't know if, if I'm allowed to say who it is yet. Working on draft profiles. AJ's giving me the, the head shake, so I'm not, not allowed not to yet, say who it no. is. yet. No, she'll
3: come onto a pod soon. All right, well, AJ, but AJ
0: just gave away the gender, so you can now start narrowing down abs abs twitter based on what aj said that's fine so you can eliminate half. i mean if people if people you can eliminate half of abs twitter to figure out who's sitting in the office right now working on draft if
3: profiles. people are that invested into like who it is like it would not be hard to figure out like the breadcrumbs are all there they all exist
0: someone's gonna figure it out now. so
3: dude speaking of figuring it out i do you remember that show
0: figure it out with no Michael but
3: Logan? I found a board game last night. I'm gonna use that one. actually. Uh, I found a board game last night where you uh, hunt for a killer, like a serial killer. You actually do the investigation yourself, Clue? and it's it's sort of, <laughs> but it's like in episodes, and oh, so you sounds- so you have like a monthly subscription, and they send you more of the clues every every month.
0: It's already too much work,
3: and and so it's like a it it ends up being like a six month thing where then you do the whole episode.
0: That's, that's, and then
3: you start over again. It's after kind that. of
0: like those like games like Farmville, where you have to wait real amounts of time for your crops yeah, to where grow. You're, you're time gated. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah. But I just I was thinking like that I, is cool. But... I have friends who do like who have like hardcore like board game nights, mm-hmm. and like I don't like Dungeons and Dragons. I don't like Magic or anything like that. And so that would be way more up my alley. Like, so, do yeah. the investigation yourself.
0: Figure it out. My, Put all uh, the pieces together. My buddies and I, a few years ago, got really, really good at Monopoly. And I don't know the,
3: how that's possible, but okay. I,
0: it it is, and I mean, we we I mean we did all kinds of looking into it. We actually almost entered a tournament. Um, but I mean we 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 were knocking out Monopoly games with four people in less than two hours.
3: Okay, so. What you're saying is you guys got super ruthless. Yeah, well, and, and 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 that's
0: and that's what it is. That was kind and, of what, like
3: crazy aggressive with your building up of things. That
0: and that was what we figured out was the reason these games never seem to end when you're a kid because you run out of money and your mom's like, "Oh, here, take the And it's just it's never ending. so You yeah. do you've got to be cutthroat. Oh yeah, and, no, and you've
3: got to just like you, well, and it's you make survivor like alliances where exactly. you're like, "All right, this guy owns this half of the board." We're gonna trade each other properties yeah, until and, we bankrupt that fool and
0: cut this person out exactly. completely. Yeah. No. See, that's it's um, super fun. You, you, I, next time we do it, you'll have to come over.
3: I yeah. don't actually want to admit this, but I'm going to since we're already in this room. But I used to I used to play Monopoly on my phone against people online all the time. Yeah. And that's how I I used to just roll.
0: So you know, so you were just trying to play
3: coins. Cool I don't know how that's possible. You know exactly well, and, how it's possible. But it's, it's not like it's not like you like get good at it. You just. It's like you
0: understand the the rules a little bit more. Be the biggest
3: though. jerk. It's right. a, it's like the rules of like business. Like there's no humanity here. Yeah, you're out to slay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and and so it's a ton of fun. So the next time we have a monopoly night, I'll I'll give you a call. You can come over and and, and play with us. Yeah, we'll
3: watch you guys all team up against me, and then.
0: <laughs> uh, hey AJ, come over. Uh, yeah, ex- Cut <laughs> you out within the first five exactly. minutes of the game.
3: <laughs> Make you sit there with a
0: the slow bleed for the next forty-five minutes.
3: And then my little race car is like it's it's the piece that mocks me because i'm I'm like the turtle at that point <laughs>
0: <laughs> the irony uh no so so now that we're we're way off the rails uh summer someone someone new jumping into the mix BSN avalanche uh, all all yeah. right now it's it's all about summer all about draft and all that stuff so we're gonna have a ton more uh, fun stuff coming out for you yeah. guys
3: Dude, i'm am ac- I'm, ex- I'm excited for what you and I are working on. That's going to be super cool. The,
0: what we talked about. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> I, that's like the number one thing I'm more excited about than anything else because we've kind of would done this. It would have been a lot
0: easier. Oh, my God. I know. Right.
3: But somebody asked today, Sackick, about the lottery. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, let's so let's talk about that. Let's let's get back on track yeah. and try to salvage this in the last eight, nine minutes here. He,
3: he did everything he could to not say he was disappointed by the results. Yeah. Um, but he was like... Well, it's a lotto, and we had the best chances, and that was all we could hope for. And then he goes on to elude. Well, we know who's going to go in the top two, and everybody kind of laughed, and it was like, "That's not funny, dude."
0: Yeah, no, it's not. I can. Can you imagine him with those cameras on him as they come up at number four?
3: Well, you remember they did the drawing an hour before, so he already knew when those cameras no, were didn't. actually on him. I
0: did some more research that he didn't. There was a sep- There was separate representatives from every team. That were in the room. Oh, he didn't know. That's brutal. So so that guy didn't have his phone, whoever whatever representative it was from the abs, they weren't allowed to have phones or anything, but they all had to be there to certify the results. So he knew it was one room over from Joe and couldn't be like, hey, just head home. It's not worth yeah. it. <laughs> this is about to happen to you again on live TV. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, I actually
3: I, I meant to go back and like match up the screenshots of his face when that got revealed. No, I mean, he's kind of like a Stone Cold guy as it is. so I This it's one was the same. almost
0: more disappointing because the last one was like well, obvious.
3: Well, and the draft class in 2017 was different. Right. You felt like the draft class of 2017, you were like, it's all over the board. Boy, you don't I really know what you're getting. If,
0: yeah, because at one it's, point. It's
3: remained that way. Like the top players taken in that draft aren't the top players. Um, at one point, all we over were, the place. We were
0: thinking holy crap, is New Jersey going to take McCarr? And is that going to mean Patrick or that you know, was. Do
3: hey, you remember if you go back and you listen to the show that we did right before that draft, I was talking about Philadelphia taking McCarr because I thought they were going to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, so. I mean... It, and could you imagine? Where would we be today if Philadelphia had done that? Uh,
0: probably Nolan Patrick.
3: I mean, however it would have played out, right? Like, maybe Dallas takes Nolan Patrick. We don't know,
0: but... Like it would have been it would have been obviously Patrick or Heisen. We're so off track yeah. here. We've only got yeah, let's let's get back on track here. Yeah. Um Tyson Barry's the big one that we want to talk about here. Yeah. I asked about the extension. I said, hey,
3: would you talk to him about an extension? And he said, look, we and I've, n- I've never heard him talk about his defense this way. <laughs> but he said, you know, with what those three guys can do, Gerard, McCarr and Barry, we think that they can accomplish something special together. Um we wanna have those conversations. We wanna have that that conversation. I put out a tweet that was maybe a little misleading when I said that they'll talk to him about an extension, but ultimately, that's kind of where Sakik ended up, and his answer was right now he's an incredible player we're gonna we're comfortable starting the season with him. uh it sounds like any trade talk is look if you wanna trade for him, you're gonna have to give up something legit. yeah, it's not gonna be this like. Oh well, how about Nazem Kadri one for one? You know it's gonna be like a William Nylander. Like you're gonna feel the deep cut, mm-hmm. right? Like it's gonna hurt. You're gonna. It's not gonna be Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It's gonna be Leon Draisaitl. Right. That kind of, and it's always been that way. They've always maintained that stance. They've never put him on the block and been like. Like what I see, Van- Vancouver fans are obsessed with the fact that the Avs liked Ben Hutton once upon a time, and so they're like, "Oh, what would it take for Ben Hutton and ten to move up to four? And it's like, "What? Where is Ben Hutton gonna play on this defense?" Yeah,
5: no,
3: you no, know stuff not. like stuff like that. Like, it's gonna take. Oh, Vancouver wants to to get in on PK Subban. They want to get in on Tyson Berry, especially Berry, who's from there. You know, from the area, right? A Western Canada kid like that. Like, okay, cool, Brock Besser.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Bull bull horvat. Like it's not you're not gonna give up Jake Vertanen. You right. know, it's not gonna be Jake Vertanen and Cole Linden tenth overall. That's not gonna get it done for Tyson Barry. It's you, gonna have to be something legit.
0: You made a comment a couple weeks ago when McCarr first kind of jumped into the mix and we were mm-hmm. really kind of seeing wow he's adjusting right away and you know between yeah. him, McCarr, or excuse me, him, Gerard, Barry you used a phrase you said this is the first time the abs are kind of on the cutting edge of this new wave of of NHL defensemen and an it NHL D Corps. But you get the sense that Joe Sackett kind of feels the same way that hey, 100%. no one has done what we have, where you have three potential elite offensive defensemen who are essentially a fourth forward out there. Mm-hmm. But in the case especially of McCar and Gerard and, and even Barry to to an extent further than a lot of people are going to give him credit for mm-hmm. responsible in their own end. Sure. I mean like look like like we said on yesterday's show.
3: Barry's a second pairing defenseman. Mm-hmm. Like and that's all things considered. Yeah. If you're only looking at his offense, he's a top pairing defenseman. If you're only looking at his defense,
0: well, he's lower than that. Let me put
3: it this way. But altogether, he's a second-pairing defenseman. When, and that's, that's a testament to how good he is offensively.
0: When the Abs were playing the Sharks, there's a reason why <laughs> everybody from, from Pierre in between the glass, play-by-play, play, guys in the studio, everyone was talking about Tyson Berry and Brent Burns' offensibility mm. in the same breath. There's a reason why. Yeah. And there's and, a and reason like, why you weren't talking about Barry Burns being this. is a different level, right?
3: For sure, right? But,
0: but their ability to create and stuff, and that's so that's the 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 tier that Tyson Barry's is in from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, and his defensive game is it is what it is. We all know what it is. Right. It's it's better but, than people are going to give it credit so for. Is, so is Brent Burns'
3: defensive game, as we saw him just get turnstiled over and over and over and over in that series. Right. I mean, he was like a. He, <laughs> he was he was like a fish out of water at times with the way that he just sort of flailed and flopped about defensively. Um, but when you're Brent Burns and you score 75 points in a season, right? Like I, I mean Tyson Berry had a nice at a, a career year, 59 points. There's still a whole different level for Brent Burns, right? So you know that's like a different that's a just a different animal there. Um, but yeah, like Burns is or, or Berry is a, a higher end offensive guy. You know, he's not one of the true superstars of the position, but he's a top 10 point producer. Yeah. Like, end of
0: story. It, it, it's one of those things where you could, you would hope, you would imagine that he might have an all-star appearance by the end of his career. The, the hardest part
3: about that is, one, reputation. Um, and two, the all-star format.
0: It, it's not going to allow. There's but, only but I'm like four that's...
3: defensemen allowed now on each team.
0: Right. Right.
3: So it's it's like, good luck, dude. And especially in a division where you have, like, Nashville and Chicago hanging around with these Hall of Fame guys or elite guys who are on Hall of Fame tracks. It's, like, it's going to be – had it been the old format, the older format where a lot more defensemen got in, no problem. He would have made it. He probably would have made it last year. Yeah. Maybe even the
0: year before. Right. But regardless, this is kind of – today was kind of the first time we got – some semblance of an answer from yeah, the organization on the Tyson sure. Berry situation. Some so clarity the, there. The last couple years of speculating and well, you know, they they might want to move on from. Well, maybe this was kind of the first day. And again, there wasn't. He didn't commit in either direction. This is what we're going to do. This is what we aren't going right. to do. But it was the first time we we got their thoughts on it.
3: Yeah, some sort of some sort of comment on it because it's all just been. Right. Speculation and us working behind the scenes trying to trying to dig stuff up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first time that there was a public comment where he was like, "Well, we're we have no issues going into next season with this next next season with Tyson Berry." Now that also uh, plays into some of our worst fears because he says that and doesn't say anything about a contract extension.
0: I, I'd have to imagine that even though he said that, what that probably would mean is. If we have the conversation and they're interested in an extension, we're comfortable starting the year with those conversations ongoing. If I'm Joe Sackick, I'm not going into a year having not had that conversation with Tyson Berry.
3: For sure. And, and you know, if Tyson Berry just flat out says, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to resign next year. If you have such a good summer, if you have such a big summer that you think you can win the cup next year, sure, go for it. And hope for the best at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would require, I mean, you would have had, you would have to have had a, you have to go out and sign an Artemi Panera. Right. And go out and, and get a high-end backup, you know, because you still have to make the playoffs. And and then you'd have to go out and get another guy, you know, a, another, like, real top six forward to go along, to, to transform the team from, hey, this is a dangerous group, to this is a championship caliber group. Because I feel like the defense is there. I legitimately feel like the defense is.
0: The 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 three pairings we saw run out in the second round against San Jose Sharks. Exactly. I, I agree with you. I think that's a championship caliber decoy. Well, and
3: I also think the depth is there. If, if somebody gets hurt, you know, obviously Ryan Graves is going to be a more limited guy. We know what Mark Barbario is when he's healthy. He just never got healthy last year. He never got on track.
0: But I agree with you. Between between Graves and Barbario, you've you got have the viable options. And even further down, as your number nine, you have Mark Alt still under contract. Mm-hmm. And
3: then you get into the prospects. You know, is Connor Timmins healthy? Which is another thing we heard Sackic address in uh, his presser. He Said that he's he's under no restrictions anymore, and that they are hopeful that he's ready to go for training camp, and that they still have very high hopes for him. Nicholas Melosh is still there. And so you're talking 10, 11 guys. And this is with no additions. This is just with guys who are already here, under contract. Right. So you're talking they already go a 10 or 11 guys deep on defense. They don't need to do anything to that group.
0: Right. You don't need to go out and add another Right. They don't limit. need
3: to go out, and they don't need to go fishing for a Tyler Myers or an Eric Carlson. I mean, if they did, it would it would just go and – it would really drive home the point that they're not kidding around. Right,
0: right, <laughs> right. Um. AJ – Joe, Joe said a lot of things. Pick one more thing. We talked rant and We talked Barry. Yeah. Give me one more thing that, that really you kind of took away from today.
3: Well, and it, his talk about free agency. And this, is, this affirms what we've been saying for months now. And for some reason, people continue to doubt this. But he said, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to be more aggressive than we have been in free agency. We've already got guys that we've targeted that we hope make it to market. And we're going to go after them. But if they don't get those guys, they're not going to spend money for the sake of spending money. Mm. They're not going to go out there and they're not going to say, okay, well, we missed out on our Timmy Panarin. So we're going to go sign Gustav Nyquist to a seven-year deal worth $9 million per. Right. Just because we missed out on this guy and we've got the money to burn and we need to upgrade right now. You know, maybe you miss out on our Timmy Panarin and you go out and you get Gustav Nyquist and Michael Furland. You get two second-tier guys. Right. You know maybe you maybe you go out and you get our Timmy Panarin or you get Jeff Skinner and then you just call it a day because you just spent a bunch of money and turned yourself into an all-star team right like that one guy let's and let's be real here that one guy if he's good enough it's a Panarin that guy's transformative mm-hmm. and i saw some there were some some comments in uh yesterday's podcast show um about or uh, on my article yesterday about Panarin and his lack of defense and I can live with that. Yeah. To be honest, I'm sorry. I can live with that. He's too good of an offensive player. You talk about secondary scoring. You're going to have a full year of Kale McCarr, another year of development out of Sam Gerrard, and likely a year out of Tyson Berry. Right. Then you throw in a Panarin on your offense, and all of a sudden your your offense just goes to a different level, right? Because then Gabe Landeskog is playing next to Tyson Jost on your second line, and you're nasty. Yeah. Or Miko Rantanen is playing on your second line next to next to Tyson Jost. And you're still nasty, because Landis Cog, Panarin, and, and McKinnon are your top line. And you're just like LOL, LOL jokes. <laughs> like the it's a transformative effect, the trickle down effect. Where, oh hey, these guys that were producing, um, you know, maybe maybe they don't trust Tyson Jost, right? And they go they, they go get out and 50 point Kevin Hayes to be their two C, who filled that role admirably in Winnipeg. And that's the plan, right? And that's what they go out and they do, and they fill those holes. That has a trickle down effect on everybody. It makes everybody better. Carl Soderberg is then playing against third line guys every single night. Is he going to be playing with the greatest finishers in the world?
0: No. Well, but but I mean, but even so what? If you if you add one of those guys to your point, everyone moves down. So he's playing with someone better offensively than he was this year. Well, and and we saw Soderberg play with Calvert and Nieto. You know, one of those guys gets
3: bumped down. Now Soderberg is playing next to Calvert and Comfer every night. The offensive ceiling just got raised because of JTC. So you're talking – I mean, you're talking the effect that it has on everybody moving down the lineup. Even just one high-end addition would have. Could change everything for you. If you go out there and they have the money to do it, um, but you'd have to be careful. But they have the money to go out and do two of them. Right. You know, it's not go out there and
0: one top tier and one second tier. Right. You could go
3: out there and get a Panarin and maybe say a Nyquist or a a Brock Nelson or, you know, Michael Furland, you know, four and a half million dollars for a 20 goal guy and Michael Furland who brings a real physical. He's like a he's like a souped up Colin Wilson, basically, like a like a very much souped up in his prime Colin Wilson version um and then and then you have Panarin and then you just upgraded a couple of spots and and all of that has such a huge effect and then you're talking about you know what if Tyson Joe's takes the lead what if i mean what if Vladislav Kamenev proves to be a legit 4C and he he ends up being a 30 point guy on your fourth line right you know like and and instead of the 15 points you got out of that position this year you double that like right. your whole lineup just the, the, the dynamic of it completely changes because really quality players are going against inferior competition, and there aren't, there aren't 30, 30 NHL teams out there that are going to match up with them every night. Their ability to compete for a home ice advantage would go up significantly with that kind of addition, and that was what he talked about we're going to be aggressive. We want to go and get the right guys, but we're not going to spend money for the sake of spending money. So if they don't go out and spend a lot of money this summer, it's because they missed on the on the guys and they didn't want to have the onerous contract weighing them down. Yeah, in the in the future, the long term deal that keeps you from being able to keep Tyson Berry next summer. Right. You know, right. because you are going to have to plan. Hey, Landeskog's extension is going to be coming up in a few years here. You know, Macar, Gerard, Joost, all those guys are up next summer you know McCarr will be eligible for an extension next summer which is funny to think about because he's been here for four minutes right 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 but you could give him an extension next summer they could give Gerard and and Jost extensions right now they might even be prudent to try you know hey maybe if you can get Sam Gerard to sign the Ryan Ellis deal from back in the day where he signs a four-year two and a half million dollar deal Right. You know, it'd be dumb to do from the players' (laughs) standpoint, but you never know when you're going to get hurt. You never know when you're, you know, that's guaranteed money. Right. You can can say, hey, I've got $10 million coming to me no matter what.
0: Yeah. So,
3: you know, you can, and, and I think they should be aggressive in having all those conversations. I do too. They should be getting after all that. This summer. And and it doesn't sound... They're going to start talking to agents next week. It sounds like we're going to... St- they signed Adam Werner to his ELC yesterday. Yeah. So I think we're going to start having that that slow drip of, you know, a re-signing here, a re-signing there. And you just you just hope that the names you're afraid of coming back aren't one of those names that pop up on the uh, on the re-sign list.
0: Well, aggressive is definitely not a word we have heard uh, from the Avs organization heading into the summer in, in uh, recent years. Years,
3: man. It's been all... Wait and see. We're gonna be patient with this thing. We like our group. And now like and now group. they're like, hey, we like our group and we're gonna go add to it.
0: Well, it's good to hear, man. It's it hopefully will make for a uh an interesting summer for us. But like I've said these last couple of days, we have a lot of summer to cover, so we're not gonna give away all of our uh, all of our tricks just yet. So we're gonna go ahead and get out of here for the day. Um kind of the official close to this season is is the Joe Sakick press conference. Yeah. Um, obviously the playoffs are still going on, but the av season, this, this kind of like does mm-hmm. officially, um, uh, turn the page on the 18, 19 season. And we have, uh, started the, the 1920 season, which sounds insane, man. <laughs> um, but we're on our way. We are barreling towards the draft. It'll be here before we know it. So let's get back to working on that for Adrian Dater and AJ Hayfley. I'm Jesse Montano. This is the BSN avalanche podcast presented by total beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening.